Guide us, O God, by your word and Holy Spirit, that in your light we may see light, in your truth find freedom, and in your will discover peace. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. So this morning, our first Sunday that we can have communion again in four months. Can you believe it's been four months since we've had communion in this, in this church? But for that, we're going to read a passage from the book of Ephesians this morning, just chapter 1, verses 12 through 14. This week, I actually printed it in your bulletin, so you can follow along. You don't, you don't have to read it with me, just follow along. Hear this word from Holy Scripture. So that we, who were the first to set our hope on Christ, might live for the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you had heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, had believed in him, were marked with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. This is the pledge and foretaste of our inheritance towards redemption as God's own people, to the praise of his glory. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So this thing right here this morning, I did want to talk about these. Uh, somebody, what did you say, ingenious? Okay, here's my word for it, depressing. After four months of waiting to have communion again, this little thing does not exactly do what was in my head. Because here's what, here's what was in my head. Four months ago when we shut down, it was around Easter season. So remember I asked people to take the palms we handed out and hang them on your door? Okay, so in my head, this was a whole like metaphoric thing about Passover. Because what did Jesus use in communion? He used the Passover meal. And what was the Passover meal? It was a remembrance of that night when instead of palm branches on their doors, they put the blood of the lamb on their doors and the spirit passed over them and they were safe. And so that last plague of Israel that convinced the Egyptians to finally let the people go, that was the Passover meal. And Jesus uses that for communion. So I pictured something like, okay, we'll be closed down for a month. And we'll hang palm branches on our doors like it's Passover. And then when this, this plague passes over us, we'll open back up. And like Jesus would have used the Passover meal, we'll have ours. And there'll be this great big beautiful loaf of bread, you know, homemade bread by Amy. And we'll just have a full house because everybody's going to be excited to come back. And it'll just be this great big celebration. It'll be our first day back, communion. And then, of course, pandemic means you just get to adjust to one reality after another after another. That makes all of that not true until finally we do get to have communion. But it's this little bit of whatever this is, a little when you get there, trust me, it's one of those wafers. If you ever had one before, they melt on your tongue, but they do not have any flavor. Just a little bit of juice. But here's the thing, and this is why I picked Ephesians this morning. That last verse. This is a pledge and a foretaste of your inheritance. As much as my big picture in my head got to be of this thing that I couldn't, can't actually do this morning, the truth is, is that communion has only ever been that. It's only ever been this in comparison. Communion has always just been a foretaste, a pledge of what is to come. When we get to heaven and there will be this great banquet, nothing we've ever pulled off here on earth will ever compare to it. That's all it's ever been is a foretaste. 
If you look at this whole passage, understand that what Paul is writing here, and the whole chapter is really lovely, but when we get down to this little section, and he has been talking about inheritance. He's been talking about how we are all adoptive children in Christ, right? That's been the whole chapter, his whole first chapter of Ephesians. And so as he gets to this part, what he does is, you know, he, he understands that there's this much bigger thing happening in our lives. And so what he does at the end of Ephesians 1 is he goes, so what are we doing here on earth then? If that's so much better, what is this? And he actually takes us through what the church that gathers is supposed to do. So if you look more closely, uh, in 13 he says, In him also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. The number one thing we still do here on earth, the one temporary thing that someday will give way to heaven, the thing we first do is we continue to try and listen to God, right? Holy Spirit speaks. We hear Christ speak through the Holy Spirit. We hear Christ speak through Scripture. Scripture. That's number one. The first mark of the church. Then he goes on and he says, uh, the gospel of your salvation, believed in him, you were marked with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. Where in your church experience have you ever heard the phrase marked and seal? Oh, quiz time. If I point to that thing right there, do you get it? Right? Marked. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. That is what baptism is. We take it directly from what Paul says here. It is this assurance. It's always been true that we are God's adoptive children, but we have baptism so that we can see it, we can experience it. It's that old idea. You send a letter, and you pour wax on the envelope, and then you put your seal in it. Baptism for us is that. It is God sealing us. So one was you come, you hear this, the gospel of your salvation, which is you are adopted children of God. This is your inheritance. And then you seal it. You get to see it. And then we get to this last verse. This is the pledge, the foretaste of your inheritance towards the redemption is God's own people. So we get the word in both sacraments right there. Paul says, it's going to give way to all this other great stuff. So what's the point of being down here on earth anymore? I give you these things. God gives you these things. Hear the truth. Live in this truth. Know that you have this inheritance, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and have this foretaste. But that's all it's ever been, and on this earth, that's all it will ever be, is a foretaste. A little itty bit of what is to come. So, if that's our task, and here's the word for it, waiting. We're here waiting for that to happen. What good is waiting? That is not a rhetorical question. What good is it? It's never been my favorite word. Or the word patience. Have I ever told you, I, I know I have, if this passed you by, but uh, patience is a typo. Okay, remember that phrase. You look at me and go, patience is a typo. Never liked patience. Here's why. Uh, well, not here's why, but here's how I explain that. You know how there's fruits of the Spirit in the Bible? Loving, joyful, peaceful, patient, kind, good, full of faith, self-control, and gentle. I had a friend in seminary who goes, on that list, patience was the typo. And I go, you're right. <laughs> I have never been good at patience. I've never been good at waiting. God must be wrong. 
So I'm asking you, for real, what is the point of waiting? Because again, you're talking to the guy who hates it. Remember, I am the guy who will stand in line at Walmart waiting, and what do I do? I pull out my cell phone and I will call the store and say, your policy is that only two or three people have to stand in line at a time. What are you gonna do about it, right? You've heard me tell that story? You haven't heard, you remember this story? All right, for those of you who don't remember it, there's, there's a couple versions of this. Here's the, the funniest one to me, okay? It's the morning after Christmas, so I've gone into Walmart early because they're gonna do the whole clearance sale and other people have as well. So we all end up getting in line at the exact same time. So guess where I am? Back of the line, waiting. Like I'm seven people back, right? So I've done this before. I've done the thing where I, I pick up my, pull my phone out of my pocket, I call the store. So this is what I do, I pull out my, pull out my phone and I type in Walmart Kingston and there comes a phone number. So I hit send and I'm on the phone and I get Walmart security and I'm like, yeah, I'm standing in line. Your policy is two or three people at a time. What are you going to do? I'm number seven in line. And she goes, you're in line? I'm like, yes, I'm in line. And she goes, you, we're not open. I'm like, yes, you are. What are you talking about? I'm standing in line. She goes, you mean you're in the vestibule? No, I'm in line, right? This goes back and forth, back and forth, back and forth until finally it dawns on me and I pulled my phone away from my ear and it says, Walmart, Kingston, Ohio. <laughs> so I'm like, end the call, end the call. Merry Christmas, Kingston, Ohio. Like I just kind of ruined it. I hate waiting. What good is it? It's 4th of July weekend. So one more example of how waiting can be uh, problematic. Did you know that the have you heard of the play uh, Hamilton? Huge Broadway hit, right? I mean, if you, when Broadway was open, if you wanted tickets to this day, it would probably cost you hundreds, if not thousands of dollars to get a ticket. It's that popular. And so Disney Plus, the streaming service, uh, just made a recording of the live show and put it up. So I got to watch this Friday night. My human AMP class was over. So this is my big celebration. I finally got to see Hamilton. And here is my kind of my general reaction to watching Hamilton for the first time ever. It amazed me how much it is, and it makes sense it's 4th of July weekend they would re release this. It is straight up Americana. Straight up Americana. There is no sarcasm or irony. No, people like Alexander Hamilton, George Washington, all the founding fathers of the country, Thomas Jefferson, they all make an appearance and they are just straight up the heroes of the story. It's like elementary school when you don't get told about all the other stuff that was going on in their lives or the complications to the story. You just get told, these are our American heroes. That was my experience of it. Straight up Americana. And yet, it's done by an all minority cast, right? There are like three white people in the entire production. And it's done with hip hop. So if you want to go watch it on Disney Plus, okay, but uh, unless you like rap music and that kind of stuff, you're not going to probably enjoy this. But it was just like kind of a category buster for me. You have this straight on Americana stuff. And be honest with me, when you think about people who are waving the flag and going to patriotic, patriotic stuff, 
in your head, aren't they all white? <laughs> Be honest, they're white, right? So uh, watching these minorities just can grab onto this story without any sort of sense of irony or sarcasm or anything to say, this is our story and we're going to tell it straight up as they are our heroes. And then you turn off Disney Plus and you turn on the news and you recognize that uh, the living reality for a lot of people in our country who are minorities is they're trying to say, at least I think part of what they're trying to say is, uh, we want this to be our story too. But was it Martin Luther King who said, justice deferred is justice denied? Right? And so that's part of where you get the anger and the protest is we want this to be a part of our story. See, we're as happy to tell Alexander Hamilton's story as you are. But let it be part of our story. And so justice deferred is justice denied. And so I, I'm with them. I'm going, yeah, waiting. Patience. When's it going to be different for you? So tell me, when is waiting good? What's that? When it builds anticipation. When it builds anticipation. Well, you're getting closer. What else are you going to do? What else are you going to do? <laughs> well, all right, good. These two perspectives is very close to what, where I was going with this, okay? Uh, I really did try and search this out for myself. When, is, when have I ever heard the idea of waiting and liked it? And so the only one I could really think of was a song. Always a song. But it was what I used for our prayer of confession this morning, right? There's this, this Christian praise song that says, imagine you're praying this to God. I think that's the idea of the song. This is a prayer to God. God, if faith can move mountains, let the mountains move. We come with expectation waiting here for you, right? The whole song is called waiting here for you. The difference is, what else are you going to do? Stand in line at Walmart. You're stuck. You're stuck. That's one version of waiting. Another version of waiting is closer to what Don was saying. Anticipation or expectation. Where you go, you know, the problem is I would be stuck. I can't move them out. But God can. And so I can embrace waiting because there's a mountain in the way, but that mountain needs to move. Do you feel the difference there? I don't like waiting. I will never like waiting. But at least one is you just sort of grinding your wheels in the mud, never going anywhere. And the other one is, no, I have expectations something can change. With that said this morning, knowing that, that Paul basically just told us, you know, the church on earth is this temporary thing for your inheritance into heaven. So here's this thing. Listen to the truth. Be marked as a seal, uh, as that child of God, and then take that foretaste. And I encourage us this morning to lift these glasses, as little and small and sort of depressing as they are, but to lift them up not as a sign that we're stuck in a pandemic, but that our expectations are high, right? Lift the glass in expectation. Lift the glass 
that you are still allowed to dream about a future that is better. That you are still allowed to have hope. Hope does not die. Lift the glass in expectation that as we wait, remember last week when I said the saints are waiting for us to persevere? Raise your glass to them who are waiting for us. Lift your glass to those we have lost, but those who are not lost. And lift your glass on this 4th of July weekend to justice that will no longer have to be denied. It's just a small little foretaste and it's depressing, but when it comes with expectation, it is worth raising your glass to, right? Actually, one other song came to my head when I thought about waiting, and it goes like this. It's a Christmas song, but you know this one. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. So this morning, let all our hopes and fears of all the years be in our raising our glass. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you this morning that you have made a way even in the moments when it requires patience to do so, that you have made a way through this world where dreams and hopes and the belief of a better future do not have to go away, that you are the God who can move mountains. So God, if mountains can move, God, be the one to move them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hold on, I'm going to move some stuff.